0: The Around the League Podcast keeps sandwich shops in business.
2: Welcome to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. I'm Greg Rosenthal, sitting here for Dan Hansis. I'm alongside Chris Wesseling, Mark Sessler, and Kevin Patra. Very emphatic. What's happening? Happy Friday, boss. The boss. I wanted to make sure I brought the same energy that Dan brings to the top of the show
3: that's a veteran move you just sunk wes's consistent opener
2: though oh mm. that,
4: that's all right it's only meant for dan
5: it would be weird if he said hi dan too, to mark
2: so you he, don't want to say hi to me you didn't say what up boys yeah. i'm just happy i didn't have to sit there silently like i normally do because i know what up boys is a rhetorical question that really should have no answer there is no answer you're saying you're more logical host than Dan. <laughs> I would not say that, but let's stop with the chit-chat this time because we've got a big NFL story that dropped a bomb on us in the newsroom just a couple hours ago. We thought we were going to have to stretch and make up some crazy segments for this show, but we don't have to because we've got big news. We're going to talk to Sean Jackson getting cut by the Eagles first, talk about some potential landing spots. We'll go into the news, and then we'll wrap up the show just with a quick some winners and losers from this week. But let's start with Deshaun Jackson. We didn't think it would happen this soon, did we? Why did the Eagles let go of Deshaun Jackson and why did it happen now, Chris Wesley?
4: Well, I think they realized nobody was giving anything in a trade once the rest of the 31 teams knew that they weren't going to, they were going to release him anyway, so why give anything up? And then obviously, well, not obviously, but we can surmise that Whatever personality class he had with Chip Kelly or missing meetings, whatever was going on off the field, asking for more money, the Eagles decided it wasn't worth what he was doing on the field. So that's why. I would say that the timing of
3: coming out of the week we just were at the NFL annual meeting where whoever's going to help finesse and grease a trade had every chance to talk with every possible person you could at length. Nothing came out of that, and – like clockwork, he's gone. And f- and for all the reasons that, that Wes just mentioned.
2: Do we think the fact that an article was released today on NJ.com that basically detailed some of the off-field concerns the Eagles had about Deshaun Jackson, including his inconsistent work ethic, bad attitude, missed some meetings, um, they referred to some possible connections with his friends and to gang members. Do we think it's a coincidence that this article comes out today and he gets released later that day?
5: I I don't think so. I think this is an inevitable thing that was going to happen. I don't think that it... I mean, do we think that it sped up the process, somebody reporting that he might have been a member of a gang or had gang affiliates? I don't think, though. I think this is... It was uh, Eagles had already made up their mind to, to release him, and I think what Chris said earlier that they didn't find a trade partner and they had no – that might as well do it now. Why, why let it linger on to, into the offseason? It's
4: disheartening to me that this ruse that professional sports teams have been perpetrating on the American <laughs> public for, wow. for hundreds of years, I mean over a century, when we cut ties with a player, we have to pull the wool over the public's eyes and give them a reason why we're doing it. The same thing, the, the Panthers, it, a report leaks on the same day the re, they released Steve Smith that says he was just a distraction despite over a decade of reports saying he was a team leader. Uh, you, these things just, it, it's disappointing to me that teams feel like they have to do this, and they don't have to. Just to release the guy, stand by why you released him, and if the fans can't deal with it, they're still going to turn out because you, you have an NFL team. Yeah, What's I mean, more valuable than that?
3: On the Jackson front, though, outside of – some of the more detailed reports of the gang connection and that was it,
2: and that was lower it in was the report lower, but
3: there, but but we've been writing about deshaun jackson for weeks and the narrative that he's not a great fit for chip kelly's team building operation is not an alien thought to us we've known this for ages and i think that's along with his salary something that made him a tough sell for a big chunk of teams that might be interested well, he whether was, or not it's founded, by the way, has never been arrested, has never really done something. Well, no, but but he's been painted that way, which if you're Deshaun Jackson in his camp, has to be
2: annoying. I think it's not going to stop teams from going after him, and that we'll get into in a minute. Who could? I mean, whatever concerns you're we're met, talking about, there are a lot of NFL players who have had way bigger problems with the law or off the field stuff that are making a lot of money. You know, the teams are, they'll yeah. sign him.
5: Teams aren't going to just get rid of a, a player with his talent just because of red flags. There, there was m- those off-the-field things. There was more going on in the background. It was Chip Kelly, I think, has faith that his offense can move on from and be successful without Deshaun Jackson, and they have pieces that they believe that can fill those receptions.
2: It's nice to have Kevin Patrick in the studio. With it him, is, isn't it? Yeah. It's such a woolly, manly beard here, too. I mean, it just adds a level of Somebody has toss. to, Greg.
5: Somebody has to. He's what? brought the
2: lavender <laughs> shirt to the mix. Is that yeah. lavender or a purplish? Yeah. I'm not i with not. We're in L.A. Colors, it's like the only city that can wear off- a purple shirt. That's an off-field concern right there, that shirt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> just the, don't cut me. The thing with Jackson, though, is he's coming off a 1,332-yard season with nine touchdowns. That is the best season of his career. And you can make... I would argue he's not a true number one receiver in the sense that he's not a top 10 NFL receiver because he has a little more limited of a skill set. But he's a great vertical threat. And it's not that crazy to pay him $10 million. And he's coming off a great season... So he's, what's going on? He's uniquely talented. They have tons of cap room. They have tons of cap room. That's not the issue. And the production is not the issue. So there is something going on here.
4: Right. I I think that's what we talked about a few minutes ago. We we can't say what it is because we're not there. But the reports are he and Chip Kelly don't get along. Chip Kelly wants to establish a culture that Jackson doesn't fit in. And, I you know, I think Chip Kelly's the kind of guy that believes in his offense, not the players. And it's not just Chip Kelly... Sitting in a room by himself, pulling a
3: trigger. this True. is Howie Roseman. This is the owner. You know they gave this guy a fat contract, and there's the report out there that he came back two years later and asked for more and it's It's maybe a conversation the Eagles had in general because hey, don't tell me that chip Kelly didn't
2: have players at Oregon that didn't have sketchy past or sketchy current lifestyles yeah i don't think it's about the past as much as his actions within the building, how they feel like if he's missed meetings or his leadership or whatever issues they have when they're actually face-to-face with him. Do we think uh, the Eagles' offense takes a significant hit here, Patrick?
5: Well, I think we have to see what what, what, what do they do in the draft, who's healthy. I mean, Darren Sproles in that offense I think is an interesting piece that he can move all over. That's the kind of player he had at Oregon, hmm. maybe a little older, but moved all the way around. So I don't think a significant drop-off, no, because I also think that Nick Foles will get better over the course of the year.
3: All you hear is that it's a super deep draft for wide receivers. The True. one thing about d it's, it's one thing that it would have been more. He's
2: good, though. Well, he <laughs> is. And his, his
3: yardage from weeks one through eight was about 600 and something yards. And he doubled it. In in down the stretch, he didn't fall off a cliff, and he wasn't replaced by someone else. They do have Macklin back. I think that's a big part of why they were able to consider doing this.
5: He wasn't targeted as much by Foles at the end of the year as he was in the beginning of the year. No, we have deep production. Did did he's valuable? The player closest
4: to him in the NFL got a five-year, sixty-million-dollar contract last year. Mike Wallace. Mm. These are two guys with about four-three-three, four-three-five speed, who can get down the field and blow the top off a defense.
2: They're valuable. And I'd take Jackson over Wallace. I think he's a smarter player, like just in terms of how he gets open. He
4: has seemed more motivated the past two years than Mike Wallace has. I wouldn't be shocked, honestly, with
3: this thing that gets published in two hours, that by the time people are clicking into this tonight, he already is on a new team.
2: Oh, no. So what would we do then? Well, we would,
3: I don't know, we would probably all come back in here at midnight and refashion a show about Clay Harbor. What if...
5: <laughs> I'll, call in, I'll call in from that bar I'm in in Chicago.
3: We could just replace no.
2: Deshaun's name I in think this.
5: one of us is going to nail
3: his landing spot, and so that'll make one of us look very smart.
2: I, I do worry about the Eagles, that we're just assuming Chip Kelly can solve everything. Jeremy Macklin and Riley Cooper, not a really exciting starting wide receiver, do but let's talk about where Jackson could land, like you mentioned, and let's bring back one of our uh, favorite games that was such a big hit. Go get my sandwich. You know what's next, it's implied. Um, Let's pick landing spots. And if uh, any one of us in the room gets the right team, the other three gentlemen in the room have to go get them a delicious high-octane sandwich.
5: Am I going to have to fly in to get you that sandwich?
2: We'll have to – that's a good – I better just win, right? Get I should just get me my
4: Deshaun Jackson, high-octane, elaborate sandwich, Kevin
2: Patrick. <laughs> 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 we might have to wait for the time when Patrick comes back in to to cash in if you, you know, win. Or, or either way, you're going to have to – when you come back to L.A., you'll yep. have to get us some sandwiches. Goldman, Zach, the gold standard is behind the glass. You could jump in on this if you want, but you have to have the fifth draft pick and give us the sandwich. So I'll – and you take that challenge? I
3: th-
5: I mean I already know one of these picks and it's my pick, but I'll I'll hop in. Nobody, wow. else, has taken, nobody else has taken the Titans yet. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm I'm just impressed uh if you can I, you know, I, if you know five NFL teams. You're gonna have to ouch. do some Googling. Here we go. <laughs> wow. That was right. a
4: backhanded compliment.
2: Let's start with Wesley.
4: I'm going with a team that was in the original Deshaun Jackson report as already having made inquiries. Deshaun Jackson went to college at Cal, which just just happens to be very close to the San Francisco 49ers. Hmm. Jim Harbaugh said this week uh, I'm looking for a third guy who can get open and make plays, a guy who can attack all areas of the field, a playmaker. That's what we're looking for. Deshaun Jackson's that guy. Perfect for that offense.
2: They need a speed guy. They. they said publicly, Trent Baalke, that they weren't interested in trading for Deshaun Jackson.
4: I like how Trent ba- Baalke went about his denial. He said, as of this moment,
2: right, right. those reports Always. are false. Well, they weren't interested in trading for him. Right. <laughs> Ian Rapport reported that, and no team was. That's obvious. That's why they got cut, but this, this changes things. Now that he's free, man, he makes a lot of sense.
4: And they have salary cap issues, but you can arrange his contract now to fit what? that. And they don't have to get an extension done with Kaepernick. They can pay him less than a million this year and do it next year. Sassler. I like that. Uh, I'm going to go Kansas City Chiefs.
3: Uh, two reasons. Well, one, I think their interest, interest is legitimate. We heard even before we came up here into uh, Studio 66 that there is some feelers coming from the Kansas City area. But big piece for me, because that's a an, a, an organization that doesn't uh, go out of its way to sign total head cases— and I think that Reed, though, already can go to his owner and that front office and say, "I can vouch for this guy i 've worked with him and he and he has and that takes a big chunk of the risk away. It also fits a big need on that offense. It would give the chiefs it's something they did not have on any level last season, mm. uh, like you guys say is a unique playmaker they can they can go to that in the draft, but they can go somewhere else in the draft if they do get this." They don't have a ton of space, but they, like you said, the good teams find a way to get this done. Kansas City, Andy Reid was thanked by d in his statement. His mm. name was spelled incorrectly. <laughs> they can get over that. <laughs> I that guarantee D-Jax didn't, didn't type that thing out. It's not his fault. I like that he's also a good Donnie Avery.
4: Right. right. You could tell that like Andy Reid was that's, trying to get a poor man to Sean there Jackson you go.
2: last year. Replacing Donnie Avery with Deshaun Jackson... Is like replacing Sessler's goatee with Patra's beard. I mean, it is a
3: it is a major. Step I put no okay. effort. At, this is just because lazy. You know, this isn't. I'm not Dying. trying to I make a major that was, statement with my goatee. I thought that was letting your beatnik flag fly. A little bit of that too.
2: I like it because Cessler
3: is you can't not. P- you can't compare a goatee to a all-out woodsman's beard. Exactly, goatee. they're <laughs> different. You're trying to do something different. With That's your face. why
2: your goatee. May or may not make the roster this year, but Patrick, <laughs> yeah, give him some roster. money, long-term I like that. Okay. Your
4: big Nick Goatee is Donnie Avery. Yeah, I'll
3: be Jackson. I'll be
2: Deshaun. All absurd. Well, you are going on vacation next week, and so I think it's in preparation for just letting it. Okay. Letting it go. All right. Reed Ree did say he at the owners' meetings he has nothing but good things to say about Deshaun Jackson. He drafted him. He had a great relationship with him. Uh, that he 's experienced life things, so it makes all the sense in the world if i 'm going to lose a sandwich, I have a feeling it 's the mark, but Patrick, you can still try
5: yeah oh i 'll try all right <laughs> i'm going i right, 'm going to give him <laughs> to, to the New York Jets. I think it makes sense woody woody johnson 's already on the record saying they wanted him they didn 't want to trade for him, but they were extremely interested when' you're, whenever your owner is willing to in my world tamper he was still part of the Eagles at the time he said that. Uh, there's t- certainly interest. Shadow there. League figure. They have, they have, they have the money. They certainly have a need. Next to to Decker, that would be a good fit there. I think. Um, he has familiarity with Vic. Is already on the roster. Maybe he's not the starter yet, but he has familiarity there. He has familiarity with Mornweg. Hmm. So I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense. They can afford one to do it. One big, one big issue. <laughs> <Yeah>. All right. <laughs> The Glacial, John (laughs) Idzik, is currently in
3: central Iowa at a 10-day raw foods retreat. (laughs) Doesn't even know that
5: free agency is still intact. Rex waking him up right now. Rex is running to his door. John Idzik
4: calls Deshaun Jackson's agent 24 hours after he has signed with another team. Big
5: issue. (laughs) Not big enough. Not when the owner's on on record saying he wants it.
2: Uh, We're due for a Woody Johnson fingerprints move. I mean, we... You know, these moves tend to happen every couple years in New York when they need a big splash. Brett Favre, yeah. I'm sure that was Eric Mangini's idea. Really (laughs) wanted to bring that into the mix. Tim Tebow, hey, what the heck? He makes all the sense in the world. I like it, Patrick. Not bad. I'm going with the Raiders, another Bay Area team. And the biggest reason why is that they are the team most likely to give Deshaun Jackson that number one wide receiver money – that Deshaun Jackson wants. The, the same sort of contract he got from the Eagles, the Raiders could go get him. It always, always comes down to money with you. It's a big factor in the NFL free agency, but he yes. said it, it
5: didn't, matter. Taylor such didn't a, matter. You're
2: such a cynic. Well, I mean, I, I threw this out there that Jackson actually might be a little too young for Reggie McKenzie. <laughs> he wants more 32, 33-year-old. Jason Avant might be more his style. <laughs> But it would be a great fit, right? Why not? I think not? You're, you've
3: correctly foreseen a time when McKenzie signs d to play with Oakland in 2019.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, do- I love the idea of Deshaun Jackson running a go-route 70 yards downfield and Matt Schaub <laughs> dumping off to Marcel Reese.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is either. so realistic. <laughs> that That is a problem, but I love my pick. And we're going to give uh, the gold standard the scraps. you got to pick another team. you got to pick it now.
3: I read the tea leaves let's okay. go into the Seattle Seahawks. Mm. Wow. I see Pete Carroll as a proselytizing, healing figure. He wants this guy. <laughs> I like it.
4: He, he, he
5: sees, that sounds like a Sessler. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: I'll throw that one in. That sounds good to me. Um, yeah, no. It just feels, feels right to
5: me, guys.
2: We're asking a lot of Frosty. the gold standards to stop in mid-conversation and then do some heavy level Is it? production. Yeah. Can you it imagine great, I'm sure.
3: him in
4: that offense?
3: Along with, with you-know-who. Is
4: is Deshaun Jackson kind of a low-grade facsimile, a more wh- physically
2: weak facsimile of Percy Harvin? No, I think they're different because Jackson is really that vertical guy. Not that Percy Harvin can't get vertical, but he you can do anything with him. He's a tough guy running over people in the backfield and the slot. If they did that and then
3: they, you know, we talked to John Schneider in Orlando and he said they're still interested in Finley, they're just waiting it out. That there offense, completely different from what we saw. Just give him the Lombardi Trophy. I'm telling you. Don't even
2: play the season. Interesting gold the, standard. The Seahawks have been tied in some shaky-looking national reports, uh, tying them to Deshaun Jackson, so it's not that crazy. They don't have a ton of cap room, but Pete Carroll did try to recruit Deshaun well, Jackson to USC. The Seahawks and
4: 49ers are kind of like 10-year-old girls. If one gets a pony, the other one needs one, too. (laughs) In this case, there's only one pony. Right.
2: Good job, Gold Standard, jumping in there. Thanks. Appreciate that. All right. Well, let's uh, wrap up this Deshaun talk, and let's get to the rest of the news in the NFL. All right. Let's start with Maurice Jones-Drew. We thought this would be leading off the show, joining the Oakland Raiders on a three-year contract. Good move or not, Chris Wesley
4: I like him as a bounce back candidate, you know, reading about him. He looks slimmer this year i don 't know I, I want to see him slimmer on a con-
2: this year. Come on,
4: I want to see him on a, on a contender i don 't want to see him on a rebuilding team to me that doesn 't make any sense i agree it,
3: i I had a weird feeling that he was going to end up with someone like San Francisco or some team where they could use him in the right role, and he would have been an interesting addition. The Raiders' backfield with MJD and McFadden, uh, you got Reese in there. I like Reese probably more than any of them, frankly. Uh, it's a strange move, and it completely backs Greg's concept that we're going to sign players just a tad after they have done their damage.
5: Surprising that he would move to another team that really he didn't go to a contender. I thought that maybe he would sign with somebody like the Steelers where he might not have as big of a role, but they could can go and be in the playoffs next year. I mean, he's, it, he didn't make much money, that, a ton of money on this deal as it is. So I'm kind of surprised that he went to a, another team where he's not going to win again.
2: Probably the best deal he was offered, though. What did it probably come right. down to? Well, in, in the best
3: chance to actually become a starter, if you want to factor in McFadden's lack of durability, and if you go to Pittsburgh, you're not touching, you're not taking anything away from Le'Veon Bell.
2: So maybe that was part of his decision-making. Who, who gets more carries next season, McFadden or Jones-Drew?
5: I think Jones-Drew does. I think he's a better runner right now.
2: I think
4: Jones-Drew just because of McFadden's inability to stay healthy. I'll go Reese. (laughs) Nice. Nice.
2: This is tough for Wesleyan because he's been irrationally uh, backing Darren McFadden for many years. And oddly is jumping on the Jones-Drew bandwagon this year.
4: Neither of the swims are irrational.
2: When Wessling is bringing out, he's in the greatest shape of his life. As wait, best, hold on. I never the, said that. <laughs> he said I he said slim. slim down. I didn't say yeah. the greatest Pretty shape much. of his life. No, I don't think his legs are in the greatest shape of his life. Jones Drew was not a good runner last year, especially in the open field. Usually, when you're that old, you don't bounce back. Didn't have. They have I don't like. It doesn't make much they sense. They have to a
4: me. brilliant backfield in 2009. Yes,
2: they do. It did work, though, when they signed the the Jacksonville to Oakland backfield move worked very well for them. Next year, you know, last year they had Rashad Jennings. This year, Jones Drew. Next year, Jordan Todman. Yeah. (laughs) Little Jordan Todman joke for you. Mid-season Toby Gerhardt trade. Crickets. All right. Let's talk about Mark Sanchez, Chris Wesseling's third favorite player in the league behind McFadden (laughs) and Jones Drew. Philadelphia signed him. As a backup, championship move or not? <laughs> I argued in the newsroom we shouldn't even bring up Mark
4: Sanchez because he doesn't matter in the NFL anymore.
5: Yeah. So we should just move on is what you're saying? That's lame. <laughs> I'm just saying We talked I, about I mean, Ryan
4: Fitzpatrick. We talked about lots of backup he's quarterbacks. He's a backup
5: quarterback. He He's not
4: good enough to start for anyone, so that's why he's with the
5: Eagles. It's interesting that he would sign there where he clearly – I mean, Foles is, doesn't – I don't see him getting hurt next year. I don't see Sanchez ever well. You don't know going, that getting better than him. Oh, it's not like he plays the way like Vic would play. Okay, where I could you know sense that he would get hurt every every <laughs> five hope,
2: minutes. Mark assumes every player is going to get hurt. Yeah, well, true, I yeah. mean, it's a part of <laughs> the game, is, is it not? A, it
4: is a contact sport. I,
5: I think it's interesting <laughs> for I think it's interesting for Sanchez that he would go go there where he's clearly going to be backup for just one sign, just one year. Um, I mean, clearly, I feel like he thinks he wants to do kind of what Foles did and learn quickly under Chip Kelly. Maybe he gets better. I don't see that offense as a great fit for him.
3: I don't know where he was going to go and legitimately be um, a starter outside of one or two teams. The Raiders went off the board with Schaub. Cleveland needs a starter, but I think they would prefer Hoyer over Sanchez. This, to me, is the parallel of Chip Kelly saying, I'm going to bring in a coach who is about as vanilla as, and off the radar and potentially not going to be a head coach again in Pat Shermer and re-engineer his entire career. This is good for Sanchez to go get some good coaching. I'm not sure. Morning Weg is a good coach, but he's had so many different coordinators, so many different systems. Let's go see. Tuck him away. I agree with Wes. He's not a factor in the National Football League this year, barring injury, and we don't need to talk about him again until next year when he's going to be on the free agent market oh, stop. again. He's
2: a backup on a division favorite team. He, there's, the odds are in favor that Mark Sanchez the, will start a very meaningful game. But, this but he year, is right? the perfect kind
3: of player that we forget, not necessarily you or you or you, but in this time of year <laughs> that this was a disastrous quarterback when he played last. He is not the guy unless you 're going to have him hand the ball off to, in two thousand and nine four hundred times. This guy is not a guy you can
4: trust my uh unwillingness to talk about mark Sanchez <laughs> isn 't because i don 't think he will get into a game and play meaningful minutes it 's a complete reaction to all of the media jumping on board the Mark Sanchez circus that every every time he sneezed, we had to report it yeah that was this is my reaction to that, but I agree. It's smart. It's smart by him to sign with the Eagles. Where else can he go? And if he gets five starts, rebuild his value. Where better right. than than
2: Philly? Nope. Right. I think he has a great career in front of him as a very good backup that is sort of comfortable in that role and helpful to the other starter. And you'd be good at that. Hey, although, although you listened to his press coverage, he kind of made it sound like. You know, he saw Philadelphia as an opportunity. And it's not the most established quarterback in the world.
5: It's not. Yeah, he, he did say that he wanted to start, but he also said, you know, he's talked to, to Foles. They have the same agent. And, you know, he's not, he knows, he knew, he knows coming in that he's the, he's the clear backup, that there is not going to be a co- competition, that he's only going to play if, if, if Foles gets hurt. Essentially, that's what I saw. I that's what I took it. One, Nick Foles it was,
4: can look like Johnny Unitas. Mark, Mark Sanchez can look pretty good too. In I, that, and one other system that
3: I think would have been a fit, and I I killed myself when I didn't add him to our potential landing spots, was Mark Tressman in the Bears because they don't have a backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Cutler hasn't had a full season since what two thousand nine, and that would have been a chance where he would have gotten great coaching too. But
2: that's also true in Philly. Maybe. It's not just Seattle and San Francisco trying to top each other. Maybe Chip Kelly saw what Jim Harbaugh did with Blaine Gabbert, and he said, I'm going to top you. If I can turn Mark Sanchez around, I'll have long-term contracts for the rest of my life in the NFL.
3: Well, we're still waiting to see what anyone does with Blaine Gabbert other
2: than, other than trade him. Well, it just, it, they're, they're raising the difficulty level. Yeah. Like, you don't think I can do this? I'm going to turn around and... Well, I do think Chip Kelly
5: is interesting to think about it from that angle because he came in with this... Everyone said when he he signed with the Eagles that he needed a running quarterback like a a la Vic. And he had that. And now look at his three quarterbacks. I mean, none of them are going to blow you away on a 40 time.
2: Not to mention J.G. Kinney. Also on the roster. You're right. That is a... It's a very slow group of, of relatively passers. slow. Sanchez is the most athletic of the three of them, so that's not a good sign.
5: All Pac-12 guys, too, interestingly enough.
2: Speaking of unathletic guys, Vince Wilfork signed a new contract with the Patriots. Did not get released in the end. It amounts to a one-year, $8 million contract, but it's signed as a three-year deal. Do we... Still have any hope that Vince Wilfork's going to be an impact player coming off an Achilles tendon? Is this a Patriots-like move to pay a guy that age coming off an Achilles tendon $8 million this year?
4: Let's start with not letting you slip by unathletic and Vince, Wilf- Vince Wilford Vince Wilfork. this guy could dunk a basketball. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, he's and not, I take pounds. It back. He's just not
3: just King match. Kong Bundy just rolling out of bed. <laughs> I mean, this is a...
2: That's true. I, I'm sorry. I love... Vince Wilford's one of my favorite players of the last 10 years, so I apologize to him and his wife <laughs> and the whole family. They really. must
3: think so. At the owner's meeting, when Greg <laughs> dispatched me to go and get a quote from an owner on a rather serious matter, I was trying to get Robert Kraft and uh, the Patriots PR guy Stacy James had me standing somewhere about five feet away from Kraft who suddenly took a phone call and it was very clear to me that he was talking about Will Fork with someone attached Ooh. to Will Fork and Stacy James walked up because it was only, there only there's no one else around he said excuse me can you go stand 20 feet over that way and I'll bring Mr. Kraft to you when he's done and I knew something was going down and then bang.
5: Wow. Well, Kraft spoke glowingly about how he was hoping and desperate and that Will Fork was one of his favorite players. So at the end of the day, when the owner is talking that way, maybe the $8 million comes from, from there.
4: If this was 10 years ago, there's no way he gets that money because that's how far Achilles surgery has come in the last 10 years. It used to be a death knell for any player, uh, especially a player at an important position where you need the leverage, like yep. nose tackle. But the last five years especially – Starting with Demarius Thomas bouncing back to a All-Pro level receiver, mm. you've seen like Terrell Suggs came back in six months. Uh, a few other players have come back, and S- Crabtree came back. So I, I don't think I don't think it's impossible to believe that Will Fort can come back and play at a high level. And the in on the Eagles front, they must
3: have the same confidence in Macklin coming off
2: major knee surgery as well. Right. I don't think this is a move the Patriots would have made ten years ago because they didn't make sentimental moves 10 years ago. And there is just a little bit of, hey, this has been our guy. He is next to Tom Brady, exactly what we want to put forward as a New England Patriot. We're going to have dead money anyways. on him. Like Maybe we can work out some. I do think maybe ownership got involved or or whatever it was. They worked out the type of move that this has been our guy. Let's try to keep him around. It's nice to see as a Patriots fan for once. Does this prevent (laughs) them from having the ability to go get Deshaun Jackson? They have cap issues. It actually saves money for them uh, against the cap compared to where they were. I think they're a long shot to get Deshaun Jackson with Amendola there, and they're really kind of packed at the wide receiver position. Don't have a lot of money, and they have no defensive tackles. The other defensive tackles on their team are Tommy Kelly, who may or may not make the team, Armon Armstead, who's never really played in the NFL, coming from Canada, and Chris Jones. I mean, it, it's a bad position, so they kind of have to Esquire keep- writer.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: wow, Esquire writer effort. I mean, it's, it's it's nice that you know him. If he's happened to be listening, a little shout out from I'm gonna, Toronto. I'm going to do something we almost never do on the Around the League podcast. I'm going to break some news to you guys while we've been up here taping. Legarrette Blunt has signed or agreed to a contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh,
5: yeah. Mike Tomlin talked about how they wanted to get to get a veteran presence back there. I think he actually works really well with Bell in that backfield. He can be the third down sledgehammer, goal line goal line player that they didn't really it use seems, Bell in that
4: Seems way. like a Steelers kind of back, yeah, right? A-
5: absolutely.
2: You groaned, Mark Sessler. Why was that?
3: Um, that was just the little the Browns fanning. Browns him? fan voice because <laughs> I like I like blunt and I, um, I thought that of the few teams where if he weren't in New England He could go
4: and be productive and be used Well, Pittsburgh's definitely one of them it's Perfect. Back when I used to root for the Bengals I have all these memories of Big backs like Bam Morris Just salting oh, away yeah. fourth quarter leads Give the ball to Bettis, give the ball to Bam Morris Walter Ambercrombie. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and and Blunt's going to fill that role like he's your four-minute back. Not Kill a team the clock, that likes to salt go away a lead
2: on the free agent market and do much. But this made sense for them, right? And you don't see many backup running backs that that don't catch the ball, but it works out perfectly for them because Le'Veon Bell. You know, I spoke with Mike Tomlin at the at the annual meeting, and he said, "I see him as an every-down, you know, three hundred-plus carry touch." Kind of guy. That's who he is. He's a workhorse. He did it in college. He can do it again. So Blunt in this specialized role behind him, it's nice. Le'Veon Bell, last of a dying breed. Three, three down back. Snap him up in your fantasy leagues. Wait till Blunt we, is announced that he signed a two-year
4: eighteen-dollar deal. <laughs> that's the market for running backs right now. It is. <laughs> I, I wrote an article last night. Uh, the top six highest-paid punters in the league will make more money this year on average than all of the running backs averaged on the open market free. this year.
2: Bizarre. From free agency. Everyone check that out. It was a really good piece. It's up on the site. Just Google punters, running backs, and Chris Wesseling, and you'll, you'll find well, it.
4: Well, I guess I didn't <laughs> follow up on this, but the next logical step is when do we start seeing running backs don't get drafted until the fifth round because punters and kickers don't get drafted until the fifth round. Hmm.
2: They got it. Well, you still need running backs, so they'll still go in the second, the third. By the way, one of your favorites, and we won't belabor this point, though. Another move happened while we were up here. The guy that Chris overrated more than any on our top 100, Pat Sims, has re-signed with the Raiders.
4: He's only overrated (laughs) if he doesn't play well. Is it bad that that's
3: my favorite Raiders move of the
2: offseason? (laughs) Bad for the Raiders. Let's talk a little number one pick of the NFL draft, Rumors. Mark, you wrote a piece today about the Texans and their possible interest in moving from that number one pick.
3: This came across the the wire earlier in the day that Dan Pompey, who we saw wandering up and down the hallway of the Ritz, talking to a lot of people last this week about, obviously, the draft, came up with a report that the Texans are uh, trying very hard to trade down, that the Bills are one team that is willing to go up to number one now John McLean shot it down, and he's a plugged-in dude, so we'll have to see what happens. But I don't I, nothing surprises me that the Texans might want to get out of that number one spot to if they're a if they're looking for a quarterback to not over draft someone at number one. But the the Bills Wesley heard Doug Marone say anything goes at quarterback, right? But then this week at the combine he said that this week a month later the GM says Buffalo is all in on EJ Manuel, so. They're all in if they're at number nine and the guy they want is gone. But if they move up to number one, who could it be for other than a quarterback? Unless you're going to overvalue a Khalil Mack at number one or you're going to go with one of the clowns of tackles. Pony. Pony.
4: Obviously, you did not pay attention I, when you watched draft day.
3: I could see it be Clowny, <laughs> but I, I don't know. Number one for Clowny. I guess you you put him with Mario Williams.
5: I mean, he would work really well at Schwartz's defense, by the way, that 4-3 mm. that he's going to want. It, that would be the perfect pass rusher for him. Um, I think you're, you're right in that the Texans, it's not a surprise that they want to move down, back. I think every with the depth in this draft, I think pretty much everyone's looking to move back. The Rams are going to—if the Rams pick at number two, I would be shocked.
4: If the Bills drafted Clowney, they would have the best defensive line in the NFL. I think he— Mario Williams, Marcel Darius, Kyle Williams, and Clowney, that would be— I completely wow. agree, but here's the issue. If you're Doug Marone and
3: these coaches don't have seven years to sit around and build their team— Buffalo is a team that you could
2: look at and say they are ready to win now except for quarterback. But hes they looked, maybe they had some interest in some free agent quarterbacks or whatever, but they didn't do anything about it. And now they're not only sticking with Manuel, they're saying Thad Lewis is the guy they're confident in as their backup. So that's it. They're, they're stuck there. These are the types of reports that we're going to see a lot over yep. the next six weeks. And I don't put too much stock into any of them. They're speculative. They'll go back and forth. I think, of course, the Texans are trying to trade the one pick if they can get the right offer because no one seems to be convinced that they're going to take a quarterback there or that any quarterback is worth taking number one. And Clowney, it's easy to sort of forget because a lot of negatives have come up about him. You know, he's arguably the most talented player of the last three or four drafts. So he's a guy you would trade up for. Um, let's Let's stick on... College football. You know, we don't do a lot of college football around here, but we're getting into the draft. season. i the the NFL draft. I mean, we got to start getting into it. It's coming up. Johnny Manziel, Pro Day, this week. Apparently did his job, did it like no one else has done it. As As a Browns fan, Mark Sessler, who might have the chance to take Johnny football, your thoughts?
3: I I mean, I guess the pro day, you keep hearing that it's overrated, it means nothing, it's in this sterile, perfect environment, but it kind of, I found it a little bizarre that everyone, uh, even some of our own analysts on the network admitted that they're just uh, like a Johnny Manziel fanboy at this time, (laughs) after what they saw at the pro day, which I, I guess what happened to looking at the game the tape, The game tape that other people say is so damning that there 's no way you can take them number one i haven 't watched that tape, so i i, I can 't really comment.
5: I think something like the the Browns getting questioned for why they didn 't send somebody there, even though they said they weren't going and already said that they would have a private workout with the quarterback why Why does it matter whether they send somebody or not? I, I agree with Mark on the sense that we 're told that these don 't matter that much, these don 't matter that much, and then the same people who've been saying that freak out. When a Teddy Bridgewater doesn't do well, right. or go the opposite way, when Johnny Football does really well, the only thing the thing I took most away from yesterday because you know it was interesting that he did it in pads and helmets, but not that it's the way he kind of presented himself. Like he gathered all the media around him before, and the you know whoever was there and gave a little speech. And he that had a mixtape. Af- and then after the, after the way he you know he was kind of like he, he was he was very self confident, but not like boastful after with the media. So I think those aspects of it um, are interesting, whereas because he gets so much attention off the field, so I think that was important for him, whereas the stuff that he actually threw the ball, I, I don't think that matters as much as this tape does.
2: I I am buying in, not on him being a great player, but I just like the fact that he's coming. I like the fact that he's got this oh, jo- that's for sure. Joe Namath sort of, I don't care what every other pro day is going to do. I'm going to make my own mixtape and the Bush family is going to come out, and the whole pro day is going to stop for that. I mean, that's great. It's great for us. Great football. Why not? Be interesting. I like the Broadway Joe comparison, and
4: I think pro day... Big arm, too. Pro days mean nothing, and whether the Browns were there or not means even less than nothing. Oh, yeah. I I don't know. To me, I know people who follow the draft get all worked up about this kind of stuff, and I just it doesn't even get on my radar. Right, all
2: these teams are working them out privately. Which do you think matters? The the choreographed pro day, you know, sh- charade in front of everyone charade. or or charade the fact that charade. you've got him in your building, you can ask him to do a million different specific things and get him on the board and interview. I mean, that's obviously going to matter much more, but the media is not at that. I'm excited for the Johnny Football NFL yeah. era.
3: yeah. Well, and I, and I think Greg said it well. I mean, it's like no matter what or where he goes in the draft, it is going to be one of the more fascinating players to, right when week one's over and that game rewind all 22 hits on Tuesday, I want to watch him and sit back and see what he looks like. I don't have an ounce of free time to go back <laughs> and watch his game versus Louisiana Tech from September 2012. Don't care.
4: As a devotee of the it factor, I'm I'm waiting on Johnny Manziel. Yes. I believe in the it factor.
2: Right. I I got tired of the Tim Tebow coverage very quickly. Not tired of Johnny football. Yeah, I like that. All right, let's wrap it up with a quick segment on our winners and losers of the week. And if you guys like this, you can tweet at us and let us know and maybe we'll do it every Friday or maybe we'll do it some Fridays when we have the time. <laughs> Basically, we're looking back at the week and, you know, each one of us gives a winner or a loser or both. From the last seven days. Kevin Patrick, let's start with you.
5: I'm going to start it with a both. That way we can... Okay. I think that uh, the Bears won with getting um, Jared Allen because I think he mm. changes their defense. And they have to get after guys like Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford in that division. And I think that helps. It's, a, it's an immediate upgrade. But on the same time, I think this whole process kind of like would have humbled Jared Allen a little bit. He wanted $10 million. He didn't get it. Now he got $8 million. He, they still paid him a good amount. Pretty good. Pretty good, but not what he was wanted. And I think in the, the way these stars um, think of themselves, I think that he had to he, – he, he went through the ringer a little so bit. So he would be a loser. He, did, he would be the loser, the Bears mm. are a winner in this situation, only because he didn't get what he set out to get when free agency started or whether he got what he thought he was worth, which means more. So I think that he's a loser.
2: I think he got lucky to get that much, and he landed on a good team.
5: Right. That would make him a loser, though. But if he, he was lucky to get that much when he valued himself so much higher – he came down lower on
2: the pole. I'm just oh. happy his agent isn't going to send any more that, angry emails so Wes to Chris a, and I.
3: Well, we don't know that. <laughs> we got a win-win-win situation if the, here. If, this is, if he is the loser and he that's, is, that's, like, he's sure cemented as he's very upset about.
4: I don't feel like I'm out of the woods yet. No,
2: that's I think true. Wes Actually, is, Patrick basically just called the agent a loser. We
4: also sure. don't know what other
3: clients this agent has, and <laughs> Wes is bound to insult one of them as well before this whole thing wraps.
2: Mark, what, who's your choice?
3: Um... I I'm gonna go. I know you know we keep throwing jabs at the Raiders left and right, but we did get a chance to. Greg was impressed with Dennis Allen number one, mm. and I got into a little group with Reggie McKenzie where they were. We were all hitting him with questions. I basically said at one point, "How do you do you admit that the, to a Raiders fan? It just looks bizarre that you didn't re-sign player X, Y, and Z, Houston Valdir? and and I thought that McKenzie." you hear oh he's intelligent he's funny he's got his but we've seen all these things that make me think really who is this guy what's this team about he came across like a total champion i thought that he one question after the next affably uh very clearly went after the answer didn't shy away from anything he was funny he was probably the funniest guy that we talked to the entire week i just liked him i mean I'm human. He won me over. I thought he was interesting, and he didn't seem to be without a plan. He went through and explained why they didn't do and why they did do things. They all made sense to me.
2: Winner. I'm with you on Allen. I'm impressed. I think he, well, I thought even going into last year, he could be a very good coach. He is trying to make uh, a nice meal out of some poor ingredients that the last uh, regime in Oakland gave Now them. the ingredients are just a tad stale. Right. A little old. I don't know. At least the Raiders are kind of like Johnny Football. At least the Raiders are interesting. They'll be more interesting than most 5-11 and 11 they, teams.
5: They won one week out of the last 50. <laughs> well.
2: <laughs> Wesleyan, who's your choice? The Eagles are a loser. Mm.
4: You lose the most dynamic member of your passing game and replace him with the butt fumble. <laughs> this is your net gain. He's more than a play. This is your net gain for the week. And not only that, but you got nothing in return for Deshaun Jackson. You put yeah. him on the market and didn't get a draft pick or anything.
2: I feel like Brandon Moore really gets out you know, easy with the whole butt fumble thing. How come <laughs> people don't remember him? <laughs> it was his
5: butt yeah, after all. Because he was just there. He got blocked backwards.
3: Had it been a slighter, more live, like thinner, smaller butt, it probably wouldn't have happened. The word live makes its first appearance on
4: (laughs) the NFL podcast.
2: (laughs) My winner for the week, and this conversation only makes this more true, is the Around the League podcast is the winner. I mean, we had Patra here in the studio. That's nice. I I make
5: things win. That's what I do.
2: We had (laughs) a great time uh, in Orlando. Mark and I not only went jogging together, but we saw Anderson Cooper on that jog. I don't know why. Seems about right. Well, we were a bit
5: off course. (laughs) Wouldn't that be the perfect montage thing where, like, they're running slow motion together and then they just look (laughs) over and there's Anderson Cooper? We were asking if we were off course.
3: And just as we were pondering, have (laughs) we gone off path? Should we find (laughs) it? Anderson Cooper, hands in pockets, nice Florida sunset stroll, gives us a wave. This How is
4: starting doing, to fellas? sound like the dream sequence in Happy Gilmore, yes. where like yes. the yes. midget yes. on a unicycle comes by with two <laughs> pitchers of beer. Yes. It was very <laughs> surreal.
2: <laughs> and and then on top of that, when we were at the uh, NFL owners party, a former general manager Mike Tannenbaum came up to us and told us that he's a listener of the Around the League podcast. Oh, ain't that nice! I met him at the Super Bowl, when he was as nice as could be. Yeah, he was great. A, nu- a former two lane grad like myself, he went to the you know law school, the tough part, and I was undergrad. Smart, but
5: smart. so you're saying he was a smart one?
2: I'm just saying he's listening to them. If we're getting people that are in the room with the NFL owners and former general manager, they're starting to listen. And to the he was
3: he wasn't just that's good. He wasn't just you know talking to win because he brought up his phone, clicked podcast, yeah. and it was sitting right there yeah, as one nice. of the two that he Evidence.
4: downloads each week. So while we're nice. dropping names, I forgot to tell you guys that I am uh, great twitter friends with Deshaun Jackson's mom. <laughs> what? Yeah. <Great>. She started <laughs> Whoa, she started okay. following me like 4 or 5 years ago and there was once upon a time where she would wish me good morning like for a week straight. Aw. She would she, oh. she seemed as nice as can be. Yeah, I'll start delivering met, some news, start Deshaun's you know, make something of this. I met Deshaun Jackson's older brother last year hmm. when I interviewed him and um he used to play for the Chiefs. He went to, like, training camp with the Chiefs one year and was as nice as could be, Deshaun Jackson, older, no older brother. You have no excuse not to deliver a post about right. 45 minutes from now with a Scoop. update
3: to the landing spots piece that is just a hammer, surefire report.
4: Well, they have no idea who I am anymore, probably. Maybe Deshaun Jackson's now mom Now we know does, you're biased. That's why the Eagles were losers right. this week. <laughs> yeah. yep. They seem like a it very nice family. Out. They do. They seem very nice.
2: Plus, uh, the gold standard You know, spread his wings out. He made it obvious he knows five different NFL teams. He gave a great suggestion with the Seahawks, and he might be the winner of four delicious sandwiches in the next few weeks.
5: Very kind of you. Thank you.
2: Uh, I think that's it. We missed Dan, but uh, he had a great week as well, the first couple shows of the week while we were in Orlando, and he will be back on Monday. Come back to us, Dan. We'll talk about all the news over the weekend, and we're doing a little Win Wes's Toaster on Monday. It got delayed. One show, but we had to have Dan here, and he will be back in his Wink Martindale role. So let's just get – I mean, I'm excited. You're excited, Gold Standard.
4: A little nervous, a little excited. you got to deliver oh, some yeah. good
2: contestants this time. I have faith that you will. So for the Gold Standard, Kevin Patcher coming at you. The Sizzler. What, what is your nickname anyways, Wesley? The Mailman. Oh, mail <laughs> no one calls Everyone him the Mailman. I'm Greg Rosenthal. We'll see you next time. This is gold.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,